Trinity, um, Pastor Blake here. It is great to see many of you. Some of you are new to Trinity. You've been invited by coworkers. You've been invited by friends or, or family to join us online. Being online for Trinity is a new thing, uh, as it is for thousands of other churches around the world during these days. But it's our prayer, it's our heart, it's our desire, our motivation to do this is that in midst of all of the wisdom about social distancing, all of the wisdom about physically staying apart, that we would not be spiritually isolated. And so we want to provide resources for you over the coming weeks. We want to be able to provide worship together in this setting on Sunday morning for us to worship as families, as small groups of three to five, as community groups watching together and group parties online, for us to still worship together and even to invite friends who want to be part of Trinity to, um, to worship together with us. Let me give you a couple of uh, technical details about this morning so that you're able to worship well and you're able to, to process all that's going on and commune with your Savior. Uh, first of all, the liturgy that we're going to follow this morning, you can download from the email that you received this week or on the top of the banner on Trinity's webpage, which is trinityawasa.com. And secondly, let me invite you to take this at your own pace. There's a point this morning where you want to pause the service, where you want to process something that you see in the liturgy or something the Holy Spirit is doing in you or something you hear from Pastor Scott in just a moment when he gives our devotional, then we invite you to pause and uh, to take some time to pray, take some time to discuss it, and then you can resume it uh, whenever uh, you would feel most comfortable. So with those announcements, let me pray for us, and then we'll open up with our call to worship. Would you pray with me? Oh, Father in heaven, O oh, Savior Christ, our Lord, O oh, Holy Spirit, thank you that you are with us. Thank you, Father, that you intend to change us through worship. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you intend to open hearts of people to believe even this morning. And we pray, Lord, that you would be present with us in this moment, that you would shepherd us, nurture us in all of our separation. Lord, let us not feel <clears throat> isolated, but bind us up together, we pray, by the power of your Holy Spirit. We pray these things and ask them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You'll see the call to worship this morning that's on your screen. And so I will read what is there for you to listen to with the ear icon, and you will say together what is there with the voice icon. We'll say it back together. The Lord is our light and our salvation. Let's say together. Why should we be afraid? The Lord is the stronghold of our life. What have we to fear? Let us shout with joy to God. Let, Let us sing and make music before our God. The TJ is going to lead us in worship together, and so let's sing as he leads us. Hey, Trinity family, this is TJ coming from the Warren household. Um, looking forward to leading worship with you this morning. Um, Anna and I are praying for all of you. We love you all and are looking forward to being able to be together um, safely very soon. Um, if you are in your home or wherever you're at, if you have the bulletin um, or a piece of paper that maybe you've printed off, um, we're going to sing together this morning. We're going to sing A Mighty Fortress. 
seeing a mighty fortress is our God. A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing, our helper he amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing, for still our To work us woe, his craft and power are great, and on with cruel hate, on earth is not his Ask who that may be, Christ Jesus, it is He, the Lord of hosts, His name, from age to age the same, and He together that word above all earthly powers no thanks to them abide the spirit and the gifts are ours through him who with us sided let and kindred go this mortal life also the body they may kill God's truth abideth still His kingdom is forever 
Hey, Trinity. Um, we're now going to confess our faith. I'm thankful that TJ was able to play for us. And that even in this, uh, we're able to, to be together. And to confess our faith from the Heidelberg Catechism, uh, this has been happening for 450 years. Uh, people are using this to confess our faith. And so we join with saints who have known plagues, who have known uh, pestilence, who have known the worst that this world can offer. And yet they've still confessed in the same, that we, the same way that we do this morning. So if you would, join me as we confess our faith. Do those who look for their salvation in saints, in themselves, or elsewhere, really believe in the only Savior, Jesus? No. no. Although they boast of being his, by their actions, they deny the only Savior, Jesus. Either Jesus is not a perfect Savior, or those who in true faith accept this Savior have in him all they need for their salvation. Why is he called Christ, meaning anointed? Because he has been ordained by God the Father and has been anointed with the Holy Spirit to be our chief prophet and teacher who fully reveals to us the secret counsel and will of God concerning our deliverance, our only high priest who has delivered us by the one sacrifice of his body and who continually pleads our cause with the Father, and our eternal King, who governs us by his word and spirit, and who guards us and keeps us in the freedom he has won for us. But why are you called a Christian? Because by faith I am a member of Christ, and so I share in his anointing, I am anointed to confess his name, to present myself to him as a living sacrifice of thanks, to strive with a free conscience against sin and the devil in this life, and afterward to reign with Christ over all creation for eternity. Amen. Now we're going to turn our attention to God's word. Uh, this morning, we're going to be in John chapter 8. We're looking at verses 12 through 20. I realize that that's different than what you have, a little different than what you have in your bulletin. I gave Matt the wrong scripture a little bit. Uh, in your bulletin, it has verses 12 through 30. We're only going to read verses 12 through 20. Hear now the word of God. Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisees said to him, You're bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Jesus answered, Even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true. For I know where I came from and where I'm going. But you do not know where I come from or where I'm going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. Even if I do judge, my judgment is true. For it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. 
in your law, it is written that the testimony of two people is true. I'm the one who bears witness about myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness about me. They said to him, therefore, where is your father? Jesus answered, you know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. These words he spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple. But no one arrested him because his hour had not yet come. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. Where is the darkest place you've ever been? I don't mean spiritually dark. Because many of us have struggled with depression and things like that. Where's the most physically dark place you've ever been? For me, it was the number nine coal mine in Lansford, Pennsylvania. Several years ago, me and my family took a tour of this coal mine about 1,600 feet into the mountain. It was about 900 feet below the surface of the ground. And on the tour, the tour guide, in order to show us how dark it was in the mine, switched off the lights. And what could we see? Nothing. Literally nothing. I couldn't see my hand an inch from my face. I couldn't see my wife, my kids, anything. I thought I knew what true darkness was uh, until those lights went off in that mine and I got to experience it. And after a time with no light, the tour guide lit what miners used to use as, as flashlights on the light. It's an old quail oil lantern. Now, the lantern isn't like any modern LED or even an incandescent bulb. It's very dim. But even in that dim light, everyone on the tour was able to see, at least slightly, one very small light broke the hold of drastic darkness. And in today's passage, it's not one very small light, light that breaks the hold of drastic darkness. It's an all-encompassing light of the world. So in the brief homily this morning, we're going to answer the question, what does it mean that Jesus is the light of the world? We're going to look at, one, the fact that there is darkness. Two, the light is necessary to overcome the darkness. And three, that Jesus is the light of the world. And for you kiddos who are listening at home and watching this stream, I want you to listen for three words. The first word is stumble. The second word is candle. And the third word is shadows. Stumble, candle, and shadows. So we'll start with number one, there's darkness. When Jesus says he is the light of the world, he assumes that there is darkness. He assumes that there is darkness. When scripture speaks about light and darkness, it most often refers not to physical light and darkness, but to spiritual. The problem is you and I can't see the spiritual, but we can see the physical. And so we may use what we know of the physical to inform 
inform our understanding of the spiritual. In the Bible, spiritual darkness is complete darkness. We see this in Ephesians 2, 1 to 11, where spiritual darkness is, uh, is related to physical darkness. And then Proverbs 4, 19 says this. It says, the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. So we see the scripture relating to that. So there is darkness. There is darkness. And if there is darkness, and if that darkness is complete, how is the darkness remedied? So you and I, we all know that the darkness is remedied by light. And so light is necessary to overcome darkness. We see this all the time in our own lives. Physically, we know light by its antithesis, and we know darkness by its antithesis, right? We know that it's light because of darkness, and we know that it's dark because of the absence of light. And spiritually, we can see the same thing. For instance, for those who are in darkness, they're not aware that they're in darkness. They're also unaware of the, the antithesis to darkness, which is light. So to speak to those in darkness about darkness is like a fish telling a man what it's like to breathe through gills. Or it's like a bird telling a woman what it's like to lay an egg. It's a confusion of categories. Now, this is the case when we, all by nature, are in darkness, spiritual darkness. We don't realize it until the light of Christ shines upon us and opens our spiritual eyes, so to say. In the Old Testament, uh, the only antithesis to darkness is actually God himself. We see this in creation when God speaks and overcomes the darkness in Ezekiel 1, where God's light is shed abroad in nature. In Habakkuk 3, God's light is displayed in salvation. Psalm 44, one commentator said that uh, light is Yahweh in action. Isaiah 49, the Messiah is a light to the Gentiles. And even in Isaiah 60, the Lord himself is a light for his people. Our darkness is complete darkness, and it's only ever come by light. So how do we come into the light? It's not from knowing more. It's not from learning more scripture, studying more. It's not from going to seminary. The way that we come into the light is in the person of Jesus. We get light from the person of Jesus himself. This is why Jesus says he is the light of the world both physically and spiritually, the world produces no light of its own. It needs an external source of light to illuminate it. If there were no sun, there would be no light to light of the world. We would all be in darkness, but for the stars scattered across the sky. But because there is a sun, we can know what our world is like. To illustrate this, I want you to imagine something. Imagine turning off all the lights in the room and closing all of the shades. And let's say I were to draw a figure 
on a whiteboard and were to ask you what's on the board, would you be able to say what is on the whiteboard? Probably not. If there's no light at all, you definitely wouldn't. But if I were to light a candle and I were to ask you what's on the board, you'd be able to tell me what you would see. When a light, even as dim as a candle, shines in the darkness, what do you see? You see two things. You see the light and you see everything else clearly. When Jesus, as the light of the world, shines in darkness, what do you see? You see Jesus. You see him. And you see everything else rightly. When you're in complete darkness, you can see neither the light nor anything else rightly. Uh, this is very common when I hunt in the fall for deer. If I get up in the morning and I go out really early before the sun has come up and I, be, and I sit there after turning off the flashlight and I begin to adjust with my eyes and what I see is all sorts of things that aren't true. I begin to see a deer in, in a tree or in the field. I begin to see a squirrel that doesn't exist or birds that don't exist. And it's not until the sun rises that I begin to see everything else rightly. Where there is light, you can see rightly. C.S. Lewis said, um, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen. Not only because I see it, but because I see it, but because by it, I see everything else. If we continue in darkness, what do we see? We see everything wrongly. We don't see at all, technically. Uh, Lewis also said that reality is harsh to the feet of shadows. If we don't see by the light of Jesus, reality is harsh. Um, so if we've come to Jesus and we believe in him, friends, he is the light of the world and he has shined, shined upon you. This isn't a necessarily a daily thing where you have to come to Jesus in order to see if you have believed in him, you've come to him, you have Jesus as the light of the world. As the scripture says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. If you follow Jesus, you have the light of life. You are in him and he is in you. So, practically, do you see him? Day to day, moment by moment, do you see him? And then the second question is, do you see everything else rightly? Do you? This is what we would call a Christian worldview. A Christian worldview. How does my knowledge of and belief in Jesus inform and affect how I view and do life? How does it inform elections, marriage, relationships, pandemics, schooling? doing church online? 
How does the knowledge of Jesus affect all of those things? And so this morning, I want to challenge you to go to Jesus, to ask him, how might you, as a light, change me, inform me, allow me to view everything else rightly? May God bless you this morning as you come to Jesus as the light of the world. Father, we thank you that you sent Jesus, your only son, as the light of the world. Help us to see ourselves in him, in him and us, as he illuminates his righteousness, our sin, in all things. We take to him, and he has dominion over. In his name we pray, amen. Amen. Friends, this is a time in the service that we have the opportunity to respond. And we respond both by faith and trusting in Christ alone as our only hope at a time when the economy has tanked, at a time when so much of the foundation upon which we have stood seems to be quivering beneath us. We have a rock, the Lord Jesus Christ, who, as Pastor Scott has told us, is the light of the world. One of the things I've been really encouraged by this week is a number of people who have come to me and asked me, like, how can we give, how can we provide for those people who are, have lost their job or whose job is in peril? How can we stand in the gap for them? And we have in this season, this moment of the church, the opportunity to continue to make the church strong. And so I want to invite you this morning to listen to God's word and to respond in faith, but also respond in practical ways of giving toward those who need and are going to need financial assistance during this time. One way that we would like for you to do that is by going online, give.trinityofalsa.com. And if those of you who want to still give by check, you're welcome to do that. You can mail it to the church office, at P.O. Box, P.O. Box 772 of Alsa, Oklahoma, 74055. We would encourage you to give online during this season. And you can choose to give to the Mercy Fund, which is option three in the drop-down menu and the giving site. Or you can continue, and we encourage you to continue to make the church strong by giving to the general offering. But allow this time to be in a, a way that we feel like we can still provide and serve and have some very practical sense of control in a time when really none of us truly know where this is all headed together. But we stand in the midst of the light and a world of shadows in the presence of our Savior, who is Christ, who is the light of the world. And so would you take a moment now to give as the Lord uh, would lead you. We also want to invite you um, at home to be able to participate in some time of prayer together. And so the way we're going to do that is we're going to use the liturgy and the prayers of the people to pray for some particular things. And I'm going to actually give some space in this moment for you to pray at home for these things. And so if you would, would you look at your liturgy where it says the prayers of the people? And would you join me in praying for these various things? I'm going to lead us in each of these things together. So first, I'm going to invite us to pray that the Lord would stop the spread of this virus. So would you, where you are at home, would you take just a moment and let's pray that the Lord would stop this virus and then I'll call us back together in just a minute.
Father, we pray by the power of your Holy Spirit through the marvels of modern medicine and of social behavioral change, Lord, that you would flatten the curve of this virus and that you would stop its spread. We know, Lord, that you control all things by the power of your word. Nothing is outside of your sovereign control. And we, Lord, humbly ask that you would stop it, and that you would stop the spread of this virus, and that you would show yourself to be the Lord God who is in control of all things through this very practical way. Lord, would you move for the sake of the most vulnerable, we pray and ask in Jesus' name. Amen. And then, friends, if you would, let's take just a moment to pray for God to heal those who are sick and those who are vulnerable. Um, there are 53 cases in Oklahoma right now. And uh, let's pray for those, uh, those brothers and sisters um, who are sick and for the vulnerable among us. Let's do that together. Amen. And let's also pray for those whose livelihoods are affected by uh, the virus, for those who are beginning to grow anxious. I pray, Father, that you would draw near to those people who have lost their jobs or who will be losing their jobs in the coming weeks. Father, would you stand in the gap for them? Would you let the church arise and stand forth in a strong way by standing in the gap for them financially, by allowing the church to help them financially. Lord, would you continue to meet their needs? Lord, we pray that you would restore the jobs that are lost. We pray, Lord, that if it be your will, you would protect every one of us at Trinity from job loss. Would you do that for your glory's sake? If you choose not to do that, O oh Father, I pray that you would help us to be able to be the church together, to give. And I pray that you would help any person in our church, Father, who needs financial help. Lord, would you help them to not hesitate to let us know? Thank you, Father, for the number of people who have asked me just this week, how can we give to those who are in need? Lord, would you help our diaconal fund to grow? Would you help us to be able to provide for those in need? And we pray that you would do this in Jesus' name. Amen. We have a lot of healthcare professionals in our church. We have doctors, we have ER docs, we have ER uh, residents who have been thrown into the front lines. We have other uh, medical personnel who have had to stop giving elective surgeries. And so let's pray for all of our doctors and all of our nurses, all the nurses in our church and all the, those who are training to be nurses. Let's stop and let's pray for them that the Lord would protect them during these days as well. Let's pray together for these things. Father, with their healing hands, would you allow them to be your agent of reconciliation and ministry to those who are sick? Would you protect them? Would you bless them as they minister to co-workers in the hospitals and on the front lines? Would you draw near to them and would you relieve them of the anxiety that they themselves might get sick? Father, would you protect them, we pray and beg and ask in Jesus' name. 
Father, we pray all these things in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. How ironic it is that just as we pray for healthcare workers, we hear um, a first responder um, traveling outside of Trinity House. Uh, next, let's pray for God to use us, his people, to be um, to lead the charge in acts of compassion. We'll learn in the next in the coming weeks all about the ways that the church has responded in times of plagues, how it has been during these times that the church has stepped up to be the church in amazing ways. And, uh, and let's pray also this last bullet point for the Lord to draw people to himself through this experience. All of the foundations upon which we set our lives. Stock market is tanking. So much of the rhythm of our life is now on hold. The Lord has pushed a giant pause button on life as we know it. And would the Lord minister to us in ways that we cannot even imagine? Let's pray and ask him to do that together. Father, again, help your church to arise. Father, would you help us to be able to be your light in the world, to extend your light, as Pastor Scott has taught us this morning. Would you help us, Father, as a people, to see this as a great opportunity for us amidst the sadness, amidst the sadness of not being together physically. Lord, would you renew us spiritually, and would you call the sacred cows in our life to walk upon the altar and for us to slaughter them one by one by one so that you, Lord Christ, are the only thing that we place our hope in. Not our finances, not the things that we can control, not even our jobs. Lord, we pray, Lord Christ, that you would be the anchor for our soul during these days. That the gospel might sink deeper into my heart and to each of our hearts in ways that we cannot yet even imagine, but for which we fervently hope so, Lord, would you do that, we pray, in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Now, would you join me as we uh, sing together as TJ leads us from his home? Sing that great hymn, Be Thou My Vision. Let's sing together. As we continue singing this morning, Trinity, let's sing, Be Thou My Vision. Let's make this our corporate prayer this morning. As we are all united by God the Holy Spirit, praying this for ourselves, our neighbors, and our friends and our families. Sing, Be Thou My Vision. Be Thou My Vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be all else to me, save that Thou art. Thou my best thoughts by day or by night Waking or sleeping, Thy presence my life Sing, be thou my wisdom And be thou my wisdom And thou my true word I ever with thee and thou with me, Lord. Thou my great Father and I thy true Son. 
Thou in me dwelling, and I with Thee one. Riches I heed not. Riches I heed not, nor man's empty praise. Thou mine inheritance, Thou and always. Thou and Thou only first in my heart. High King of heaven, my treasure Thou. Thou my battle shield, sword for the fight. Be thou my battle shield, sword for the fight. Be thou my dignity, thou my delight. Thou my soul shelter, and thou my high tower. Raise thou me heavenward, O power of my power. Now let's lift this up together this morning. High King of Heaven. And High King of Heaven, my victory won. May I reach heaven's joys, O bright heaven's sun. Trinity, before we close our service this morning, I want you to know three different things. First, if you have any needs, please let us know. Uh, we have deacons, staff, just members who are eager, if you need, to go to the store for you, uh, to take you somewhere, whatever it may be. Second, uh, Pastor Blake, every weekday, is hosting prayer on Zoom at 7 a.m. So you can find the link. Uh, in the bulletin today or online. And then third, uh, community groups, many are still going to meet, but they're going to meet virtually. So stay in touch with your community group leader. I've been in touch with all of them and we're trying to find unique ways to still have community in these days. Before the benediction, just want to close with a final thought. Many of you have probably wondered, as me and Pastor Blake are sitting here, do they have pajama pants on or not? So, to show you that I actually came dressed today, I'm wearing jeans. And I'm going to stand up and give you the benediction, this good word from God our Father. If you are able and willing in your own homes, would you please stand? The Lord your God is in your midst. He's a mighty one to save. He will rejoice over you, rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. Now let us go forth to serve our neighbors in the world as those who love our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. Friends, go in peace. Stay safe and stay well.